1: very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy
0: The high schooler. Oh,
2: yeah. Easy Pie.
0: Okay,
2: good. Easy Pie. Yeah, it's from
0: 2004.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the direct video spinoffs of American Pie. Oh, right, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting laid pie. Super <laughs> <Yeah>. easy pie. <laughs> I can't believe she was that easy pie. <laughs> Alright guys, welcome back to Feeling It. This week we are down one of our illustrious hosts. Brent is out traveling, so this week you just have the three of us here. Let's go around and introduce who we are. And while we're doing that, let's share what was your favorite movie about high schoolers. Lawson, why don't you kick us off?
2: Sure, I'm Lawson Soward, an art director from Nashville, Tennessee. And my favorite movie about teenagers is The Perks of Being a Wallflower.
1: Hi, my name is Lucas Wright. I'm a designer in the San Francisco Bay Area, and my favorite movie about being a high schooler is Gotta Be Rushmore, the Wes Anderson movie.
0: Mm. And I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager also in Nashville, Tennessee, and mine is 10 Things I Hate About You. This week, we're going to go around and share one thing that we're really feeling this week. Then we're going to talk about All of the previews that just released this week for the new fall network TV shows. I'm really excited about this conversation we're going to have. And finally, we're going to wrap it up with a discussion about the film The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. So let's get started. Lucas, what are you feeling this week?
1: Okay, this week I'm feeling John Benjamin's new album, Well, I Should Have. John Benjamin is a comedian and actor known for Archer and uh, Bob's Burgers, uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Have you have you guys heard his new album?
0: No, not at all. I didn't know he was a musician.
1: Okay, the best part of 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 this thing is that he's not. This is a jazz album where he can't play the piano, and every (laughs) and and so he he brought in a bunch of studio musicians, um, who are just really great jazz, uh, like a trumpeter, drummer, um, and they all go into this and to the studio and start to play, and he is just completely he's just he's just ad-libbing on the piano and has no clue what's going on and it's it's fantastic um
0: is is he bad at piano or just literally has no clue how to play he has
1: he has he has no idea because <laughs> I, I as i said the, the title of the album is well i should have and then there's a uh and then, at, in tiny, tiny letters at the very bottom, it said, "It says learned how to play the piano." <laughs> uh, he he literally has no clue what he's doing, so he's just banging keys. Um, but because it's jazz, you, you can almost get away with it for like half a like half a second. You're like, okay, okay, and then, then it just it, it completely <laughs> falls apart. But it's it's hilarious. It's really great. Um, the The intro and outro tracks are are basically The, the intro track is a skit that he does um, with. Um, a couple couple of his co-stars from, from Bob's Burger. Um, but it's basically about him selling his soul to the devil. It's a little not safe for work. And the closing track is also just him rapping, which is all extremely not safe for work. <laughs> but it's hilarious. Um, let me play a clip. Basically, yeah, that's the whole album, is Is these really great musicians doing really great work, and then John Benjamin. So, it's, yeah, it's hilarious. So,
0: Lucas, where are, when you're listening to this album, where are you typically? Are you at work? Are you at home? Like, I am everywhere. What is everywhere. the best place to enjoy this album? The
1: best place to enjoy this album is at a fancy dinner party where you have people over <laughs> and they have no idea what's going on, and they can't complain about it because they don't know if it's actually just really fancy jazz. But no, I, I, for the most part, I have just been listening to this at work and it's, it's, it's great
2: because you do get some awesome jazz and you get some hilarity as well. It sounds so fun. (laughs) (laughs) This is, I never thought I would have any topical reason to share this story in my life, but whenever I was in (laughs) kindergarten, um, all the people who knew how to play piano in music class were volunteering to get up and go play on the piano, like something that they were learning in their lessons. And I felt really left out, and so I straight up did what this album is doing, raised (laughs) my hand, went over, plopped down on the bench like, all right, let's hope I'm a prodigy. (laughs) (laughs) Just like dinged out keys and nothing. It was awful, and everyone could tell. When I sat down, this guy was like, what was that song called? Nothing, nothing, nothing.
0: Oh, what a burn.
2: <laughs> That's a great kindergarten burn. It
0: really is. Yeah,
2: it's obviously stuck with me. But what I should have done is become an amazing uh, cartoon voice actor and hired studio musicians. What are
0: you doing with your life, <laughs> I Lawson? don't know.
2: I'm glad John Benjamin's doing it right. Right. I'm glad yeah. he is. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that is incredible. Lawson, what are you feeling this week?
2: All right. Well, this week I am feeling, uh, funnily enough, another uh, bald bearded comedian, <laughs> as luck would have it. <laughs> Um, Kyle Kinane, uh, was is on tour right now, uh, finishing up his newest hour, and uh, Sandra and I caught a show his show this week in Nashville, and it was so amazing. Um, he's a comedian. He's had a lot of stand up specials. Um, his previous specials called Death of the Party, Whiskey Icarus, and I liked his old stuff better. Um, they're all available on Spotify, and I highly recommend them. Um, man, one of the things I love about him is he has this amazing talent for ridiculous but totally possible scenarios. Like I feel like he's the perfected art of listening to a lifelong friend tell stories about how crazy their night was. Um, it's like everything is self-aware and grounded enough to be true, but told in the most clever way. Um, I, was just, I was telling Sandra about it. There's a lot of comedians where I'll listen to their album... Uh, and be like, oh, man, that was so funny, but just kind of let it sit on the shelf or not stream it again. Kyle Canes are albums that I listen to over and over. Uh, he, like, doesn't have a podcast or any, like, long-form audio piece or anything, but I feel like I know this guy, or at least this variety of guy. And he's, like, the king. Like, he's the funniest bearded gruff guy who would also say bless you to a cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, like, uh, when Brent talked about Fraser a while back, he was like, it's slapstick wrapped up or uh, dumb humor, something wrapped up in a tuxedo. He's like really smart humor wrapped in a t-shirt. He's also, uh, I love uh, his ability to uh, communicate his inner dialogue. Um, Like whether he's yelling it or saying it super fast or whatever it is, it's always super entertaining and vulnerable. And no matter what words he's saying, like no matter how awful or terrible they are, um, whatever words he's saying as his inner dialogue, the way he tells you about them lets you know that his heart is enormous and that his mind is critical. And I'm just blown away by how effortlessly he does that. His set was amazing. My ribs hurt. My face hurt from laughing. Um, It was just a great time. And there were some amazing opening uh, Nashville comedians as well. But he was finishing up his final hour. um, Or not his final hour. He's not (laughs) retiring. He's finishing up his (laughs) latest hour. um, And... If you if he's touring in your uh, area, I would uh, follow him on Twitter to try and find his his latest show because we were able to get great seats. It was a very personal, great crowd. Um, and if he's not touring through your spot, then keep a lookout for his newest comedy special because he said most of the stuff he was doing was from that uh, or was going to be in his new hour, and it was dynamite.
0: I think he's. I think he mentioned that he's about to record his film his newest hour soon so hopefully that's right He said a week from now yeah so hopefully that will be released you know as soon as possible um i really like what you said lawson about like his inner dialogue um that's such a specific skill that the great comedians can have of like really translating that in a funny way i saw maria bamford perform last night oh yeah and she is like a queen at it she no one I think does inner dialogue better than Maria Bamford but yes some of my all time favorite comedians are so good at that of like speaking their thought process aloud in a not a conversational way, but in a literal, "this is these are the thoughts running through my head at the moment way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was so incredible.
2: It's so human and so validating to hear someone say that because we all have those crazy thoughts that run through our head. The fact that uh, these comedians are able to take it and grab a hold of those so they can talk about them later and then organize them in a really funny uh, relatable way it's just like he's awesome at that i maria bamford's incredible
0: one of my favorite kyle canane anecdotes is because like you mentioned like on the outside he's such he seems like such a dirt bag you know Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's old he's gruff he's had he's he's admittedly had rough on his body um but inside he's yeah like you said it's so critical probably like a very sweet guy mm-hmm. um one, I t- saw him a couple of years ago in Nashville, and before him, every single act before him looked exactly like him. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like three different guys that were just variations on Kyle name. And by the time he finally came out on stage, I'll never forget this opening line. Um, he as he was walking said it's just another straight white man disappointed in his privilege this must be a comedy show (laughs) and every single time i go to a comedy show i think of that line
2: (laughs) it's so good well yeah listen to his old stuff on spotify and keep a lookout for his new hour coming out soon
0: yeah his new hour is just really exciting um this week I'm feeling the Netflix show Grace and Frankie. Do either of you all watch this show?
1: No.
2: It is one that I it's one that I've I've been really excited about starting, but I haven't. Lindsay has watched a couple episodes, so I've seen it, but it's usually like when I'm getting home.
0: Sure. Yeah. So the first season came out last year, and I really adored the first season. And the second season came out, I think, about two weeks ago, and I just got around to it this past week. Um This show is probably my favorite Netflix original show. Um, It's so good and easy to watch. It's a half hour episode and it's a comedy, but it's a comedy with so much heart and emotional depth. Um, It stars Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston and All four of those as the main actors are over 75. And so this is one of the rare shows that really explores what life is like for someone in their late 70s. The characters, for anyone who's not familiar with the show, the basic plot of it is that in the very first episode, um, Jane Fonda is married to Martin Sheen. Lily Tomlin is married to Sam Waterston. um, The two men are law partners together. And they announced to their wives that they'll be leaving their wives because the two of them are in love with each other. And so these two wives, who have known each other for a long time but never really gotten along, form this bond over the common fact of their husbands leaving them. Um, it's
1: the classic American tale. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> um, this show, it's so – it's very funny for one. Lily Tomlin is a comedic genius and I – door wa- watching Agreed. her. Yeah, every moment yep. she's on screen, her physical comedy is so funny. Her delivery is amazing. Um but the best thing about the show is the chemistry that these four characters have with each other. Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin obviously play so well together as these f- friends that are antagonistic with each other. Um and then Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston are both such incredible actors that are playing a really beautiful love story with each other. The show is so romantic. It's about what it's like to find new love in the later years of your life. It's about what sex looks like for older people and the struggles that they face and the joys that they face. Um I can't get enough of this show. Like I said, the second season came out this past or this in the recent weeks, I watched all of the second season in one weekend and was enjoying it so much that I went back and rewatched season one. Like, as soon as the season two finale ended, I immediately (laughs) hit and clicked episode one of season one. I
2: still need more. I still need more. Yeah.
0: Especially because, like I said, they're 30-minute comedy episodes. So... This show just feels so easy to take in several episodes at a time.
2: Yeah, it's such a great format.
0: Yeah. You don't you don't feel like the weight of a one hour emotional drama um that can you I feel like sometimes it can tire me out. Um I never feel tired watching this show. I also want to point out that I feel like th- the secret star of this show is June Diane Raphael. She is a favorite comedy actress of mine and she mm-hmm. plays one of the daughters of this of one of these couples. And she steals every scene that she's in. She plays kind of this um like bitchy but very funny businesswoman. And every single time she's in a scene, I love every character choice that she makes. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I have a ball watching it. Um, I recommend it to everyone because it's a story that, like I said, we don't get to see a lot of. It's definitely a show I recommend everyone watching. I love the diversity of having a show about older people. Um, We haven't, as far as I can remember, had a good show like this since The Golden Girls. And I'm excited to have it as a genre back on our TVs. So... Speaking of TV and what's new on our TV shows, um, this week we watched... All of the previews that came out for all of the fall network TV shows. All of them, as every one that was released. Um, Yeah. Every network released them, but there's still, I think, one or two shows that they didn't release trailers for. But we pretty much watched all of them. They're (laughs) going to be terrible. Or they're going to be so good that they're keeping them a secret. Yeah. Um, this is one of my favorite times of the year. I love watching these previews for these pilot episodes because you it's like a three minute version of that show. You get like the beginning, the middle, and they tell you what the how the episode is going to end <laughs> yeah. in the preview. I
2: didn't know they, they did do. that until I was watching these. It's like,
0: oh, the whole thing. I love it <laughs> yeah. so much. And I love how some shows really do look so exciting and a lot of them just look so bad. So and
1: bad. <laughs> to be
0: fair, most pilots, not all, but a lot of pilots are bad. Mostly because True. you need time to build chemistry mm-hmm. and like get into a writing style and find out what your show is going to become. So it's, it's unfair to expect a pilot episode to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but some just look bad and are bu- poorly conceived plots. Um, one thing I will say is that the three of us watched every trailer we could find for all of these network shows. Um, and we're going to talk about plot descriptions. But I think you will best enjoy this conversation if you go and watch these trailers yourself. All of the links are going to be in the show notes. That being said, I think we should go around and let's start off by saying... Which ones um, we're really excited about? Is there anyone, any show in particular that after you saw that preview, you were like, yeah, I'm definitely tuning in as soon as this comes on? Lucas, what about you?
1: Yeah, for me, the really the one show that stood out that, one, I can't believe they're making this, and two, I can't wait to see if this even works, but uh, the show Downward Dog. Um, oh my gosh, on, yeah. Uh, what is this on? Yeah, it, it's on ABC um it's going to be one of their one of their mid-season shows and it's basically it's based off the web series downward dog um and it's just it follows this uh this woman from the basically perspective of her dog most of the time um in like little interviews but it just looks so ridiculous and so just weird i don't i don't know if this is a show that can They can handle being on ABC. uh, But I'm really excited to see how it goes.
0: Yeah, it looked. It doesn't look like a show that I would watch. But it also doesn't look like your typical, like, show about a dog on a network TV show. It does have a strange comic sensibility that I appreciate. Um, It doesn't look like what I would imagine like a Tim Allen show would be like if he was the voice of this dog, you know? <laughs>
2: right, um, exactly. We can see how that would play out in a movie if anyone's interested in renting Shaggy Dog.
0: Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm intrigued by it. I, it. Like I said, I don't know if I'll be tuning in, but if, it, pr- if critics have good things to say about it, it's one that I'd be willing to give a chance. So Lawson, is there any one in particular that you're really excited about?
2: Okay, so there were two comedy there were a handful of comedies that I actually laughed out loud at. The one that um was I was the most taken aback by was this one called Making History, which I think oh. was a Fox. Um and there are there were three time travel show oh, pilots. I think there's, there's more.
0: There's there, four. Yeah, I there's think. more.
2: There's so much it's time travel
0: It's Every single network except for CBS has a time travel show.
1: Yeah.
2: That's so crazy.
1: Basically basically they just saw Doctor Who and they're like, Oh, people like that. Let's do that.
0: <laughs> and not to mention that Comedy Central just premiered a time travel show from a lot of lasers this past yeah. season, like or this past few month or so.
2: And there was that uh, Hulu show with James Franco. Right. Um, and I felt like a lot of shows had that same plot. It was like something happened. or no this shot the making history was kind of like uh, a similar plot in its time travel stuff to the James Franco show um, where it's like something went wrong with the American Revolution and so now we need to fix it. Except, uh oh, we're some bumbling guys and we're in this crazy situation and the only person in the world who's smart enough to fix the American Revolution is a history professor but twist, he's a black guy so he's gonna have a really hard time in American Revolution times getting stuff done. Um, overall it i could see it flop that's i i feel i don't want to be negative but every time i watched an episode i I, I, almost everyone that i saw i was like i think that's gonna get canceled but i think that show could yield some really funny stuff
0: well that show i think is um created by phil lord and um
1: yeah what is it tim uh miller to, was not it Lord and Miller? Lord Those and are, Miller, yeah. I, I, I forget what his name. first name is. <laughs> yeah.
0: so, so they made the Lego movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Um, they're really, really great directors. Oh, yeah. So that gives me some confidence. Um, they have two shows, I think, at Fox this year.
2: Did they do Son of Zorn?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's also one of their shows.
2: Okay, I laughed out loud at Son of Zorn also. And I, I couldn't believe it was a real show, but I was also like, oh, I could totally get into that. It's... um. I feel bad we're just throwing around all these names. So the the premise of that show is basically that there's this animated kind of He-Man type character who uh, has a child with a live action like sitcom family. Like it's all set in the real world. It's a live action sitcom show. But then there's this random animated character um, who comes back to meet his like uh, his son played by Johnny Pemberton and it's like amazing fox animation, and it looks like the way that they integrated it into the live action stuff was really good. It's voiced by Jason Sudeikis, right
0: i it sounded like it so but it I sounded didn't look like
2: it up. to me, yeah, and just a lot of really funny visual gags, um some of the same kind of humor you'd see in like a Thor movie or something like that, where it's just like this
0: a little dirtier though,
2: yeah, definitely dirtier, definitely over the top, but just that kind of like world clashing of this like. Norse mythology hero type figure.
0: Warrior figure. Right. Interacting but- in like plain human world. Um, the show that I'm the most excited about, granted, there were a lot actually this year. I was surprised by how many I'm real I am really looking forward to. Um is Speechless, the mini-driver yeah. sitcom.
2: Yes, that looked incredible. Yeah.
0: Family sitcoms, I think, are my favorite type of network TV show. I think they have the most potential to last a really long time. There's such a richness of material in a family sitcom, um, because as long as you have great, lovable characters, you're never going to run out of storyline. Um, and this one is so interesting and new and looks like it has so much heart. Minnie Driver plays a frantic mom who has a son with um, a disability. He's in a wheelchair and he has full brain capacity, but he can't speak. Um, so she has moved her family around all several times, trying to find a school and a community that fits the needs of her child. Um, but again, it it looks very funny. Minnie Driver is an incredible comedic actress. So yeah, this show looks really great. It's um the kid that's playing the son with a disability. This is his first from what I understand this is like his first big role. Um and I'm really excited to see this story being played out on television. I think families um, where family members that have disabilities is a story that's not often told, and also when they are told, it's usually in a very like tearjerker way, um, or a it's you know it's it might be one plot line on Grey's Anatomy from like a from yeah. a patient you know it's never a starring role or a role that makes us laugh, and this kid seems to like really make people laugh from even just this preview. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I think the dynamic looks great. I'm really, really excited to, I, I think it's going to be a hit. So yeah, that's the one yeah. I'm the most excited about.
1: My wife is a speech pathologist, and this is the one that really stood out to her. Oh, how um, great. She's, she's really excited about just seeing, I mean, because like you said, it's not something that's portrayed very often is um, someone with a disability in a leading role. And she works with a lot of autistic kids who, who can't talk and are kind of in this situation. So she's really excited to see how this, this show plays out.
0: Okay, so let's go through which ones do we think are just truly horrendous and or are going to get canceled right away because those aren't always the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, the one I think that will get canceled the fastest um is probably uh Timeless. The uh
0: That's my pick too, Lucas, for the first for the yeah. first on the chopping block. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and NBC's uh stint in time traveling. Um, it's just, it's. I think it's the worst time travel show yes. out of all of them, which is very hard to do. <laughs> um, but it, it also just looks the most boring. Yeah, just it looks completely terrible. And it doesn't but, have
0: a single like name attached to it that like I think no, is recognizable. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that one. It real. Oh, it. Yeah, like you're right. It looked like time travel isn't that interesting to me in the first place. But it looked so boring. Like it was very much. There wasn't a comedic element. There wasn't a sexy element. It was just, like, a historian, like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to take this historian and take her back in time. Yeah. And she's going to I stuff. mean, she's
0: going to save the day, but, like, <laughs> not from a really interesting villain or anything. No. Like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one I picked for being uh, the worst, probably canceled the soonest, is Notorious,
0: I'm I'm ex- excited <laughs> to watch Notorious. Okay,
2: I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, to me, that pilot just looked like it's the newsroom, but if it was shitty, like
0: to <laughs> me, so, I I wouldn't be surprised if it does get canceled soon because yeah. it does it, yeah. it, it, it really does have a lot of qualities that do scream like can't nobody watched it canceled right away. But yep. I love a good sexy banter, <laughs> <laughs> so, and that show had plenty of it.
1: It did. That it did. <laughs> It also had all the actors and actresses that are in these pilots that get canceled. Yeah, that is very,
0: very true. And so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised about that either. Um, But I I don't know if y'all realize that's based on a true story of like a news producer and like an attorney that like.
2: Oh, trying to sway public together. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that.
0: I don't really know much about the true story. I just know that it's based on one.
1: All right. <laughs> yeah. So. I think Timeless is a true story,
2: too. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, going back in time <laughs> yeah. to save the world. Yeah. HG, it's a, you can read the nonfiction uh, account in HG Wells' The Time Machine.
0: Yeah. Oh, the HG Wells time travel show, Time After Time, uh, also looks so bad.
1: It looks. And, and why would you name a show Time After
2: Time uh, like that?
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh. they keep
2: name dropping HG Wells, like people are gonna be pumped that they're like, oh, they're doing an HG Wells take. This is crazy. Uh,
0: I really like like Timeless looks worse, but Time After yeah. Time makes me more mad. I think for some, I for some un, unknowable reason. So I think Timeless is going to be the first to get canceled, but the show that I am the most annoyed by um, is CBS's The Great Indoors.
2: Yes. I think it's going to be a
0: hit, so Uh. I think it's actually going to do very, very well on CBS, Um, but it looks so incredibly awful. I. You know, the trope of like, oh, millennials and their technology is really one that has never entertained me. Um,
2: and for all you listeners that can't see, I want you to know that Sandra perfectly put her fists on her hips while saying millennials <laughs> and technology. <laughs> because,
0: yeah, I feel like any CBS show, that's the way you have to describe the plot line is a th- <laughs> <laughs> that tone and like your hand on your hip. Um yeah, so that's the one I'm most annoyed with. It's Joel McHale is an outdoorsman who has to, like, work back in an office with millennials who he's never dealt with before. Um, yeah, that trailer was hard to get through.
2: <laughs> if Yeah, I think you're right. I think it probably will be a hit. I feel like everyone over the age of 45 will be able to watch it and be like, yeah, those millennials are that dumb. <laughs> and they're just so, like, how do they have jobs? And they don't know anything. And they're helpless. It's every negative millennial trope put into a show for other people's comedic enjoyment. Yeah. And then the one that I'm like, how is this a trend now? Is Lethal Weapon? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, They're taking
1: so many like 80s and 90s movies and just like, yeah, let's make it a TV show now.
2: I know. I don't get that trend for the life of me. I, I'm just so not interested in that. They did it with Rush Hour, even though I love Bill Lawrence, who's supposed to be heading it because he did Scrubs and he's great. I am, could not be less interested in that premise or MacGyver. in Lethal Weapon or, like, MacGyver. Yeah. So. Or even Frequency, the
1: yeah, CW show, right. based off of movies. So.
0: With MacGyver and Lethal Weapon, I would have never watched those shows anyway, because that's my, not my kind of TV show. But as far as, like, entries into that genre, they didn't look bad to me.
2: Sure. I just... I think it's a bad genre, so... <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I'm I'm yeah. not a fan of that kind of genre of TV either. But I think if you are, those don't look like, you know, poor entries into it. Like
2: they're worse than anything else going into that thing. I mean,
0: any, like, action TV show. Like, I, I personally am completely fine with any kind of reboot. Reboots are A-okay in my book. And so um, the fact that it's a reboot doesn't bother me. It's to me, as long as it's like a quality storytelling, is all that matters.
2: Totally. And I don't know if it was because I had watched that uh, shots fired trailer before it or what, but I was just like, there's a lot of cavalier talk about like police accidentally killing people. And I'm like, I know this is an action comedy and like a buddy cop movie. And so it's supposed <laughs> to be mindless, but I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm, raw to the nerve of just like whoops we killed somebody and we're cops
0: like, yeah great uh, in in the lethal Eleven trailer it didn't bother me i i don't know if so, it, it,
2: it wasn't supposed i no, it wasn't yeah. supposed to like that's not what it's trying to yeah. do it's not trying to be a
0: because it's so fantastical also like yeah yeah. Regular police are not doing the kind of work that they're doing in that trailer. Like jumping out
1: of windows and landing on cars. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited to see what the fall brings. Um, and I'm really excited for a lot of things to get canceled. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Lucas, if yeah. you were just based on all these trailers about like how many of these shows estimate do you think that you're going to watch the pilot for?
1: I'll probably watch... I so i love watching pilots yeah me too um, so I'll, I'll probably watch the pilots for maybe like 10 of these mm-hmm. um but I mean,
0: we'll see what sticks.
1: Am I actually in- interested in moving forward with, with with some of these? I'd say probably like two or three. Sure. But I am excited to see kind of where where this goes. There's a lot of lot of black best friends going on. Oh, in these shows there this, really are. Fall. Yeah. yeah,
0: especially in the time travel shows.
1: Like, oh my gosh, yeah. Every time travel shows like, oh, we got to put someone black in there, and then because that's gonna be funny when they go back. in. Yeah. Time.
0: What are they gonna do? <laughs>
2: Time will tell. Hey.
0: (laughs) Alrighty. Well, let's um, move into talking about the nice guys. First of all, we're going to talk about it a little bit without any spoilers involved. And then we're going to move into a spoiler conversation. But we'll make sure to let you know when those spoilers are happening. How do y'all feel about Shane Black as a director? Are y'all like fans of his? Have you seen his movies before? Were you going into this excited because it was a Shane Black movie? What was your feelings going in?
1: For for me, I don't like people talk about there being like a Shane Black like style of movie, um, as if like I don't know, as if he's like Terrence Malick or something where he has this like this sense of like distinct the same exactly exactly this distinct style that um, he's known for. But I mean, really, you have Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And then Iron Man three, which are two completely different movies, yeah. before this one. So I don't like I I did I like I I knew I knew it was him. I I really liked Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I sort of liked Iron Man three, um, but I, I I wasn't coming into this with um any like any bias toward toward Shane Black or any expectations. I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. I never saw Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, loved Iron Man 3 but I feel like I hear so often and I know so many like guys that are really into Shane Black as a director and that were like very excited like like there's a new Shane Black movie like they were really <laughs> like like he's like, back from the dead or something so um, yeah. yeah so I was intrigued by like that reaction going into this
2: yeah, I feel like one to I feel bad because I crapped on Lethal Weapon earlier, but like he was involved in the Lethal Wef- Weapon movie and there's this kind of like real guy's guy buddy vibe that um, feels like it goes along with a lot of his work. Like, even in Iron Man 3, there was kind of a buddy cop mentality or a buddy cop portion to that if you stretch how you define that. So um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was interested in it for sure. Um, seeing his take on it, but I went into it pretty blind. I knew it was gonna be Shane Black and uh Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling and that was kind of all I knew.
0: Yeah, I saw the trailer a couple of months ago and I remember really loving the trailer. And then I never rewatched the trailer or like paid attention to a lot of the marketing before seeing it. Um after seeing that trailer just the one time. So I went into this excited and hearing good buzz and like remembering that I liked the trailer, but not remembering much from the trailer, which was, I think the perfect way for me to enter this yeah. movie. Yeah, 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 yep.
1: Yeah. I, def- I I definitely came into it with a kind of expectation of it being um, a really funny buddy cop movie and like really mm-hmm. just a really great chemistry between the two leads. Um, and that's that. that's kind of what I was there for was to see just them banter around a lot.
0: So one thing that as someone who hasn't seen a lot of Shane Black's work um, that did kind of surprise me about this film was um, the weird tone that it would like. Not be afraid of taking it, parts of it. Like a lot of times, it was just like comedy, funny action, exciting action. But then every now and then, we would get a, a scene where I wasn't r- really sure what was happening. Um, in a really great way, I was excited about like the odd turns um, and s- visual styles that were like being implemented, just like very randomly and sprinkled throughout this movie.
1: From I, I definitely I definitely felt like it wasn't a movie that like from the beginning you could like cast out into the future and be like oh this is how this is gonna go these are the beats it's gonna hit yeah these are the, this is the path it's gonna take which was really refreshing
0: that I really liked even just like the opening scene was like wait a minute I don't really fully know what's happening here like there there was nothing predictable about that opening scene
2: absolutely yeah yeah yeah. It's something I've felt similarly uh, when I saw Iron Man 3. Like, I really enjoyed it, but I felt like it was very tonally inconsistent. So that is a real advantage in keeping you kind of guessing what's going to happen next. But as far as walking out of the movie being like, this is what I took from that, it makes that a lot harder. I didn't really know how to how to think about it.
0: Yeah. Tonal inconsistencies don't bother me when the writing and the performances are that engaging Mm -hmm. um so like ryan gosling i feel like is at his like peak of like funny and great to watch in this movie and so as long as you give me ryan gosling like really serving like all he all he's got you can go wherever you want to with the movie as as far as i'm concerned
1: (laughs) Yeah, between this and the big short, he's done some really good comedy stuff recently. He, it's been nice.
0: He is best when he's being funny. Um, he's a great dramatic actor, but his true talent, I think, is in like his comedic performances. And, and that's so, not
2: fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, for him to like look that great and like yeah. yes. pull that off. Is, yeah, for sure. No, but yeah, I had a great time watching him and Russell Crowe. They had a great chemistry um i also really loved the young actress that played his daughter i feel like that character was like the perfect blend of jaded and innocent at the same time um yeah i i enjoyed i was often surprised by like her actions and her point of view on things
1: yeah, she's she's not really in the trailers much, but I, I so I was really surprised by how big of a role she plays in this movie. Mm-hmm. Of just have, being Ryan Gosling kid and being involved in such a such an adult plot Um, to have this kid there the whole time. I feel like really was hilarious, but also it really kind of, I think, grounded the movie a little bit.
0: Yeah, I feel like so often it's like a nice trope of having like a kid involved in, like, these really adult movies. Like, oh, how funny. Like, this kid is seeing all this very R-rated material, you know? Um, yeah. And I really liked what they did with that trope in this movie. Um, I think it was, like you said, Lucas, it's very grounded. It felt like this kid really would be in these circumstances and they're not just, like, throwing her in there for, like, the strange joke of, like, a little kid next to naked people or a little kid seeing extreme violence, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff.
1: This, To me, this felt like a movie that was based on, like, a 70s TV show that they're remaking. (laughs) It did. It felt like... like, Yeah, it's it's not. This is a completely original movie, but th- but just that's that's what it felt like, and I think it is because the characters have such I guess such such depth to them and such quality that it feels like this is like this is somebody writing for characters that he knows, or that and we already that know, are established. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, 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 that yeah, the established characters that um he's just kind of bringing back, and it felt like that that's what this is. Like this is um these characters actually live in the real world, and this is. Um, they're, they're already kind of set in their ways and this isn't a kind of a, this isn't a coming of age movie. This isn't a, um, I'm making a a huge life turnaround movie. It, it really is just these, these people are going to do their thing and you're just going to go along for the ride with it, which I, I really liked. It was really neat. Um, I would say the, the plot itself, um, gets a little, not confusing, but I think a little, um, it's not the clear it's it's not it's not super clear what's going on. Uh, I feel like the MacGuffin in this movie is 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 pretty basic and uh, there there aren't a lot of like crazy, um, I guess, intellectual things that you've got to keep track of in this movie. It truly is just about the characters. It's about these guys are going to do stuff and you're going to
2: watch it. Well, and it's a mystery. And that's one of the things that oftentimes whenever I'm watching a mystery, I'm and it feels a little muddled. It makes me wonder if. I'm a dummy and it's going (laughs) over my head and like it does make sense in the way they're laying it out. Um, Just I lost track of all the moving pieces or if it was legitimately a case of people being too close to it and being like, oh, we're going to lay this out here and lay this out here so that whenever you look at the whole picture and you know how everything goes, it makes sense. But if you're coming and watching it for the first time, it's totally it, it doesn't hold together and doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. cause I, I agree, like I, I really enjoyed the movie and I, I always enjoy uh, watching a mystery as well. And, uh, but the way it unfolded, um, kind of lost me at one or two points. And then it, whenever it brought me back in, I was like, okay, now I, I'm, I get it. I'm locked back into what's going on. Um, but yeah. And I'll also say that I, I really, I think you're right about it being a situation, Uh, or about uh, being a movie that felt like a tv show even the not to give anything away but the ending felt very much like oh this is a franchise like these Mm -hmm. these are guys that go on adventures and we just got to see one of their adventures Mm um happen just now and that if you are planning on seeing any kind of larger character arc play out with any of them you're gonna have to see it play out over you know weeks or seasons or sequels or whatever it is Yeah. yeah tune in tuesday nights at exactly exactly <laughs> yeah
0: yeah just going back to the mystery element i would say it's not a good mystery but it is Agreed. like a fun time this is not like the kind of movie that i would normally go see in theaters i would usually like wait to rent it and have like a really fun time watching it at home um like eating dinner or something
2: yeah this movie yeah. seemed perfectly set to watch over and over again
0: yeah Yeah. Or like with a bunch of friends in a living room. It's, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but I still had a great time with it. I also wanted to say that I really loved, I liked the setting so much of the 70s. And I loved the seediness of the set decor and the style. But I loved that it was seedy and grimy without being dark and gritty. You know, it was yeah. a very violent movie, but it never felt like a gritty tale of these <laughs> two guys. Like, it was very lighthearted throughout. And I, I like, go back and forth on whether I enjoy, like, violence in movies. And I really, t- I'm figuring out that I really only enjoy it if it's very lighthearted. So movies like Kick-Ass yeah. um, or... um. What's the other movie with Confirth, the other Mark Millar, or...
2: Uh, Kingsman? Yes,
0: The Kingsman. Um, so those are two movies both that are, like, incredibly violent, but that I had a super fun time with. And I remember when I saw the trailer for this movie... Um, like the trailer has a ton of the violence in the movie, so I was very prepared going into this, and I knew I was gonna have a good time with this kind of violence.
1: I do feel like a lot of it felt like PG thirteen violence. I, felt, I think that's what I, I like. like <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I'm I'm, I'm I'm kind of a big fan of as well. It's just like let's not focus on the gore and the and the violence for the violence' sake. Um, a lot a lot of PG thirteen violence is more just focused on like the action beats. Yeah. Um, which I which I think is fun. Yeah, but there um but- uh, there are some some serious R-rated stuff in this movie. Yeah, for but,
0: sure.
2: Um, not, not so much on the violence side. I thought it was very realistic violence, too, which I appreciate. I mean, oh,
0: see, I was going to say the opposite.
2: Well, there were nods to it being... the Okay, let me say this. The, the violence wasn't particularly realistic, but there's, like, this scene where... Um, it doesn't give anything about the plot or anything, but um, Ryan Gosling punches through a window, and, like... Gets cut really bad and has to go to the hospital.
0: That that was a great moment. Um, that's a great comedy. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. Right. And you're
2: like you don't see that in movies at all. It's like you punch through the window and then you go and you steal the file. Right. And like no, that's you're gonna have shards all over your arm. Yeah.
0: Um. I will say my favorite type of. Are or gory violence is when it's like comically gory um yeah. so there is and they give this moment away in the trailer but there is a great moment where it's like an incredibly bloody violent moment um yeah that i think is so funny and so like when oh, when yeah. violence reaches that level i have a really fun time with it um yeah yeah,
1: I do think I do think about the, the the hand through the window thing. I what I didn't like is that they set up that gag pretty early in the movie where somebody punches through the window and you know gets cut, and then like five people get thrown through windows throughout the rest. of the movie. Fine. And they're all fine. No one gets. <laughs> one. That's so
2: true. That's so true. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, see, guys, we're the, grounded,
1: yeah. so just stop thinking about it. <laughs> the whole yeah, the the whole like last action beat of the movie is just a guy. F- like going through like eight windows just in Constantly. right in the road. boom 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 and completely completely fine
0: <laughs> being able to survive an action film and how like how yeah. ridiculous it is it's like wait are we still alive after all the events that have happened so far in this movie yep. yeah
1: yeah they address that really well yeah oh yeah i will say with 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 the action beats i i there's a shootout in the middle of the movie that gets a little hollywood like it is just basically a straight normal shootout that you have seen in every other movie mm-hmm. um, and at that point at that point I was I was not invested in that fight at all. Um, I was really invested in the in the little skirmishes that have happened throughout the movie but I, at, at that point once it just turns into a normal shootout where everybody's shooting automatic weapons and nobody's getting shot at all and <laughs> people are just still running around and everyone's missing that kind of that kind of action uh, is just the most boring for me
2: so boring <laughs> yeah yeah that to me speaks to some of the the puts better language to the tonal inconsistency that bothered me throughout this it's like sometimes you're just a standard action movie and you've got all of this like zero stakes gunfire and other times you're like trying to figure out a clue and other times you're hanging out with and it's a family character study piece and other it was just it was very um i thought there were some really cool and really interesting things that they did and it turns that the the script took and um the portrayals by i thought that russell crowe and ryan gosling did a great job um and the actress that played ryan gosling's daughter was incredible as well but um just because there were kind of little bits of different kind of movies thrown into there the there were some kinds of movies that this is the best that 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 can be done and there were other genres being thrown in for a couple minutes that I was not interested in. Yeah.
0: All right. Do we want to talk about spoilers for just a little bit? Let's do it. All right.
2: Before we get
1: started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Now, crack and gas.
0: Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. So, um, really, one of the main spoilers that I just want to bring up is how, like, I don't want to be so negative, but how disappointed I was in the character of the girl they were searching for the whole time. Um, I feel like when we finally catch her and get to spend time with her, um, I expected her to, like, put out this, like, great performance and, like, be worth, like, all the searching we've done. And then she just kind of has, like, a whiny explanation of, like, the main plot of the movie. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and that was a little disappointing for me.
2: She does have a great yellow dress. Uh,
0: that dress was really great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I agree. Because like, the thing she was talking about I mean, this catalytic converter and going against corporate uh, greed and all this stuff. I was like, yeah, that's an interesting premise. But the way she presented it was so whiny and yeah. like they kind of were making fun of that perspective.
0: And I kind of <laughs> get like the whole reason they do that is because the characters, like, need to still be unsure of whether, like, she's making sense or not. Or, like, whether she's, like, being, you know, dramatic or whether she's being real. And so, like, they Mm -hmm. need to be, you know, on uneasy ground with her. Um, But, yeah, I just expected something a little bit more dynamic from a girl we've been searching for for so long. And then for her to get killed so shortly after was also frustrating.
2: I thought that scene, I, I kind of liked that, that. I don't know why. Whenever she ran up to the car and the guy just like pulls out again, I'm like, oh, look at that, like, boom, dead. Like, yeah, that's probably how this would have played out in real life.
0: Can we also talk about, speaking of Matthew Bomer in
1: movie? Oh my this gosh, movie. he's the reason I showed up for this movie. Okay,
0: <laughs> I adore Matt Bomer. Um, yeah. He's also one of like the Is most. Is that John m- Boy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's also, I think, one of the most beautiful people on the planet. And mm-hmm. I was so impressed by how easily they made him so disturbing by just giving him a really bad wig like <laughs> that hair was so <laughs> bad and like that's all it takes to make like one of the most beautiful people on the planet like slightly like uncomfortable
2: i haven't seen him in other stuff what's he in
0: he's in a lot of oh, stuff man. Uh,
1: he's in he's in magic mike um he's in
0: he had a network like, he had a show for a while
1: uh white collar yeah which is really great. He was in the Normal Heart, which was an HBO oh, okay. yeah, show with yeah. Julia Roberts. Yeah, I think he got nominated for Golden Globe for that. Yeah, one. yeah, he's um, good. But he's he's a, he's phenomenal, and I I feel like he's he was way underutilized yes, in this movie. Absolutely. I, like, he like it's like forty five minutes
2: in, and I'm like, come on, where is he? <laughs> just waiting, waiting here for. I him. know.
0: <laughs> and like,
2: his- he did just kind of show up. It's like this guy who we've talked about once, and then he's there. There wasn't really any build up to him.
0: Yeah. I feel like I I wanted more dialogue from him. Like, he's such a good actor that, like... And his action scenes were great. He was great doing them, but, Mm -hmm. like... But
1: that's all he did. Yeah, like, you have, like, this
0: amazing actor. Like, give me some more creepy moments, you know?
1: Seriously. He had, like, ten lines, maybe. The rest of it was just him running around shooting. Um, But, yeah, I I really wanted them to build him up more and be a little bit more... um, I guess a little more formidable because he. I mean, he is he is creepy when he shows up. I mean, but he just when he's like he
0: when he says to yeah. that young girl like if you help me, I won't I won't kill. I'll only kill Holly. Like yeah, that was yeah. such a great moment that I was like, let's like drag this out more because like that exactly. dynamic is fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want the bad guy to be creepy. I don't want him to just be. a a, a gunman right. running around so yeah
0: there yeah. was a plenty of gunmen in this movie like
1: absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: i feel i feel like the like his henchmen like his underling guys had way more screen time and more uh, dialogue right? than he did, so.
0: um one thing i liked a lot about this movie just because i love this as a trope is like seedy professionals like having a code of honor about their profession i love it in heist films i love it in hitman films um when like someone who does something that has no laws about it has his own personal or like in his mind the industry set of like laws and honor uh <laughs> that is always fun for me to watch and so Russell Crowe like bringing that up often um yeah, yeah was really great
1: industry standards for brewing, right
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and when like two other guys like come into his world he's like what are you doing? This is unprofessional. <laughs> Get it together. Like, oh, I loved that.
2: You break up yeah. the place, I understand, but you pissed me off.
0: Yeah. None of <laughs> so. is this what she wanted. Did you come here yeah. wanting to do this? <laughs> yeah. And then even his interaction with Ryan Gosling when they meet for the first time where it's like kind of understood like, oh, we both have to make this happen, but like, we're gonna just like do it because that's the job, and like,
2: yep. And he's so professional whenever he comes seeking Ryan Gosling's help. He's right. like, yeah, so I need your help for the like at the bowling alley, and he's like, fuck you, you broke my arm. Like I'm not. Gonna do <laughs>
0: and that. He was like, yeah. yeah, I'm off duty. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing that right now. And as soon as his daughter walks up, like, how much to beat up my friend? Like, yeah, thirty. I could do it for thirty bucks. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Uh. I did
1: want to talk about the, the the daughter more in spoilers. I felt like, um, I felt like it was really interesting just mm-hmm. to see her and her relationship with her dad throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Um but I but I do feel like she as as an actress, I think she she handled it really well. I felt like I felt like she did a fantastic job. But from a character standpoint, um I I I don't feel like they went deep enough. I feel I feel like they they played her off for laughs a lot. Um but there were a few beats where you like you realize like how sad it is that she's having to take care of her alcoholic dad like this. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like they could have gone a little bit farther in that direction.
2: Yeah, they don't develop her very much as a character. Like she's a really interesting character and she does a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. on screen, but you don't get she doesn't feel grounded in like how would an 11 year old or how does she 13
0: something around there, something like yeah.
2: that in this situation, she's just like a small adult. And I think there are definitely examples. I, I think there is a need in movies for uh, children and teenagers being portrayed as small adults, because a lot of times they just get kind of played off or whatever. But I think a lot of times she was given the same role that any comic relief person could have been given um but she just happened to be the the daughter role Hmm.
1: yeah i i kind of wanted it to end as as like her dad realizing that she's a kid i have to like treat her like a kid and he did not (laughs)
0: yeah i i i didn't feel that way i really i really liked what they did with her and i liked her persistence and like including herself in the plot line even though he's like you know trying haphazardly to, like, keep her at home, um, it really made me, you know, like, when you mentioned that the ending of this movie felt like it was the beginning of a TV show, um, it really made me wish that it was a TV show so I could see, like, her skills, like, increase and, like, her character go through different stories and, like, develop more. Um, I feel like the three of them would make a great show that I would watch.
2: Yeah, I really agree with that. I, I don't mean to underplay or go uh, be overly critical about these characters and about their characterizations in the movie. It just felt like it felt like they were doing a really good single story out of like you were saying a TV show out of a serialized thing where you get to know these people over time. So I think I just often expect from uh, a contained movie that, that you're going to get all this. A character development and see more interpersonal beats and all this kind of stuff and kind of know and love all these people by the end of it and that that didn't happen for me um but i did like all these characters i didn't love them i didn't like hold them in my heart um and kind of understand them to their core but i liked all of them and i would love to see what they do on another similar case
0: yeah and i i think for me it ultimately comes down to the fact that I think this movie is trying to have a fun time, like, as a priority. And so, uh, and that's okay. Like, sometimes you want movies where it's just a fun time to watch. Yeah. And I think that this is, like, a really good entry into that category.
2: Yeah. She did have, the daughter did have a kind of, like, a Harriet the Spy vibe. So, like, going out, wanting to do everything and be involved in what was going on and just completely unafraid of what was happening. So like that is a character that I am really interested in in seeing in roles. Um, so I I don't mean to say anything. I don't mean to be overly negative about the role that she played in this. I thought it was really good. I liked I liked her.
1: Yeah, I I, I think everyone did did a fantastic job. I think it's a really great movie. I I am I'm a little upset that it's playing opposite, um, neighbors two. So you have these two R rated comedies coming out at at once and I don't I feel like Neighbors is going to win this one yeah um, I'm from the box office perspe- perspective so excited to I, see Neighbors 2 yeah yeah but I, I, I do feel like this is probably I, I haven't seen Neighbors 2 but I feel like this is probably the better movie Um, but I feel like Neighbors 2 Neighbors 1 was so good and Neighbors 2 has such a big draw and it will probably also be really really good but I feel like this one um, this one could have done better on a different weekend
0: yeah that's that is I'm interested to see how it plays out. You know, by the time that this comes out, we'll we'll know people will know which one performed better this weekend. Um, yeah. But I think from I haven't seen Neighbors two. I adored Neighbors one. From what I've heard from critics I trust, Neighbors two is really really good. So um, I will I will be happy if it does well at the box office this weekend. Um, Me too.
1: I, I, I am definitely rooting for neighbors uh, too. I just feel bad that these are competing. Sure. These should yeah. not be competing
2: on the same Right, weekend.
0: no, I definitely yeah. see what you mean. I'm
2: rooting for both yeah, of them. Yeah, it's it's a
0: hard it's it's a hard call to make this weekend.
2: And I think this movie will have a great second life like Whenever it's at Redbox, whenever it's on Netflix. Absolutely. And I can totally see this being something in regular rotation on a TBS or an FX or something. Oh, sure. Heavily
1: edited.
0: (laughs) Right. Heavily edited. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any other thoughts on the nice guys before we head out? I think we're good. All right. Well, let's wrap things up um, and tell everyone where you can find us on the internet.
2: Yeah. So you can find me, Lawson Soured. Um, You can say hey at Twitter. I'm at Lawson West. And follow me on Instagram. Same handle. I'm Lucas Wright. You
1: can follow me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. Um, check me out on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And I'm Sandra Omstutz. My handle is at Sandra Omstutz. My last name is spelled A M S T U T Z. You can also follow our podcast Twitter account at Feeling It Pod. We like to post links to our episodes as well as links to stuff that we talked about on the podcast or anything that we think is really cool and interesting. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Make sure to rate us and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Bye.
1: Adios. Later.
0: Thank you. goodbye now. Goodbye.
2: Go away.
1: I'll see you soon, okay?
2: That's it. Go home? Yep. Yeah. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend.
0: That's it. That's
2: our show for tonight, people.